Hi, this is Patricia Grabarek. And this is Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, we are so excited to introduce to you Eden King. Uh, Dr. King is an associate professor of IO psychology at Rice University, and uh, she is also going to talk to us about some really exciting initiatives that she's putting in place at SIOP, which is the Society for Industrial Organizational Psychology that uh, we talk about so frequently on the podcast. Uh, so Eden, thank you so much for joining us. We're really, really glad to have you. Thanks for the invitation. I'm excited to talk with y'all. Absolutely. So um, could you just start by describing a little bit your involvement with SIOP um, and then talk a little bit about the importance you think that professional associations play in uh, the careers of researchers and practitioners? Yeah, sure. I'm happy to. Um, so my involvement with SIOP started when I was a graduate student. And after attending a couple of SIOPs and being very inspired and excited about the research and the profession more generally, I had the opportunity to serve as a student member, a student representative on a committee. And at that time, it was the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender People Committee. It was an ad hoc committee. And I got to help with some of the initiatives that that committee was working on. Um, and um, as the years progressed, I got to do more and more things um, as part of SIAP. So I got to be on the education and training committee and on the science committee. And uh, eventually I was program chair for the annual conference and conference chair. And then I served as the conferences and portfolio uh, conferences and programs portfolio officer. And then most recently I was um, very surprised to learn that I was elected to be the president of SIAP. Um, so I have been very involved in SIAP my entire um, career and I think being involved in SIAP has been one of the best parts of my career uh, because it has given me the opportunity to meet and engage with people who are um, excited about the work we're doing and who want to do even better than we're doing all the time. And because it has given me a chance to see broader meaning and impact in the work that we are doing sort of as a profession more broadly than the individual work that we each do every day. So I think between the awesome people that I've met and the meaning that I get out of the work that we do together, um, it's been um, a really critical part of my career. And I would encourage everyone who has an interest in IO psychology to check out SIUP and to not just come to the conference, but consider deeper involvement and engagement. Yeah, it sounds like you've, I mean, that amount of involvement is amazing. Um, I've definitely been involved to some extent. I know Katina's even more so, but um, sounds like it's been a big passion for you. And it sounds like you started with your involvement on the diversity and inclusion side, um, which is also an area of your research. So what led you to focus in on those areas, both at Sci in SIOP and in your research? And why is that topic important to you? Uh, you know, I've been doing that research for um, a long time. I'm getting old, y'all. Um, and then, <laughs> no, not, not at sure all. About that. We're all getting old. How about that? <laughs> yes. Um, but and and I was asked to write about and reflect on why I started getting interested in that. And it hadn't. It wasn't until then, which was probably when I was going. Up, you know, it was probably ten years into my career that I really sat down and thought about how did I get interested in this topic to begin with. Uh, and and it really took some reflection for me to realize that it all actually started with my dad. Um, my dad has an invisible disability. Um, he has um, half a leg and has wears a prosthetic. Um, and you know, I grew up as a kid, and I would see his prosthesis in the hall 
from the bathroom. And that was just part of who he was, right? Um, and so he never seemed like anything other than an amazing dad to me um, and an amazing person. And at some point, I realized that not everybody would see him that way. And so he was one of those people who he would have occasionally used the um, handicapped accessible um, sign on his car. Um, he, he can walk well, but not for long distances. And um, people would look at him funny um, as if he shouldn't be using that because you couldn't see that he was disabled. Um, and, and so that's just one example of many sort of subtle forms of bias or discrimination that I saw him face, um, you know, from an early age. And so I think that really made me realize that just because we're different from each other doesn't mean we're anybody's less than anybody else and we shouldn't treat them as that. And so as I sort of, I guess, grew up and got engaged in learning and advocacy, it occurred to me that there's a lot of groups out there that don't necessarily get treated the way that they should. And so I, I developed an interest, I guess, in social justice more generally and in advocating for people who might not always have a voice. And um, when I paired that with um, my first experiences in research, well, that just sort of made all the sense in the world that I could do research on a socially meaningful topic and try to uh, really make a difference um, by creating science and applying science um, uh, towards helping people um, get that voice that they deserve. Yeah, I think that's super awesome. And you're just like, you know, basically like legendary status at this point now, both in PSYOP <laughs> and in uh, the diversity and inclusion space. And I think it's really important for everybody that does this kind of work. And you know, this is work that's near and dear to my heart as well. And uh, to have some of that time to really reflect and think about why it's important to them and root yourself in, you know, where do you want to see things go? Like there are so many different directions and ways to funnel that passion and that energy. And I, you know, am so glad um, that you decided to funnel your passion, your energy into uh, doing really high quality research that people like me can build upon. Uh, but you're also focusing a lot on uh, diversity and inclusion through PSYOP and um, as the president of PSYOP. And I don't think anybody is uh, surprised that you got elected. I know you said you were surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, but uh, but uh, deciding to focus on diversity and inclusion through PSYOP as a professional association, um, that's a, a, a big move to sort of position the organization to think about and reflect themselves on why this is important. Um, why did you decide to make that the focus for PSYOP? And kind of what do you hope changes as a result of having that kind of uh, active reflection over the course of the time period during uh, which you're president? Yeah, I, you know, it's actually funny. Um, first, ditto on the you're doing awesome research comment. Um, but also, I think when I did get elected, and I really was shocked, there was cursing involved with my reaction. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, why did I get elected? And then I, I kind of came to the conclusion that you did, which is, well, people probably voted for me because they thought I would do something in this space, right? Like they, mm -hmm. if I'm known for anything, then it's for doing diversity and inclusion research and work. Um, and so I figured that was why people might have voted for me. And so that gave me sort of the direction that I needed to try to um, carve out, you know, an initiative or a program or a goal um, for the time that I have in office. And um, so some of the things that we're working on that I think are really promising, well, the first one actually has happened, sort of halfway happened, um, which is the members of SIOP voted to create a new executive board position, an elected officer for diversity and inclusion. 
And I think that's a really big deal. I feel very excited about that. If I don't do anything else, then I still will feel proud of that because even though it wasn't my idea, um, but I still, I, you know, I, I tried to help push it through um, because I feel like it's a way for um, to ensure there's an enduring change and an ongoing voice uh, for people um, who are from diverse backgrounds and um, for the topic of inclusion, because that means at every executive board meeting and every discussion, someone at the table will be thinking about diversity and inclusion. And I think that's so important and I'm super excited about that. And we will be holding um, elections for that first position in the next month. And we're looking for folks to be nominated now. So um, as we speak, we are soliciting nominations for our first um, portfolio officer for diversity and inclusion. And I hope we get, well, I know we will get some amazing nominees and I'm super excited to see what they do. So that's the first big thing. I'm also excited about um, two of the task forces that have been set off to try to investigate some work um, around um, sort of looking internally towards SIOP. What are we doing? What can we be doing better? So one of those task forces is chaired by Lilia Cortina, and it's focusing on the sexual harassment policies of the organization and how we might be able to improve upon those. And I'm hopeful that the, that task force will come back with some recommendations that the board can implement um, and hopefully change things for the better uh, for the years to come. Um, and then I guess the second uh, task force that I'm excited about is one that is chaired by uh, Stephanie Johnson. And it's looking at what do we know about people from different backgrounds at SIOP? How are they experiencing the profession, the conference, the organization? And again, trying to understand given the data that we already have, what can we be doing better? Um, and and looking there too for potential recommendations moving forward. So those are two of the initiatives that I'm really excited about at SIAP and that came from the notion that while I'm here, I might as well try to do some good. So that's what I'm aiming for. That's awesome. All of those sound amazing. And they all sound very relevant to other organizations. So, you know, obviously professional association is really important because it reaches so many people. Um, but we talk in our podcast to a lot of a variety of people, employees, employers, different leaders out there. Um, and it sounds like everything that you're doing could easily be applied within other organizations. Um, so I guess my question for you would be, how would a company or maybe an employee that's kind of seeing some issues within the organization be able to implement some of the things that you're talking about within their own organization. Do you have any recommendations for that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, from the organizational perspective, the steps are slightly more straightforward. You know, it's fairly um, clear that organizations should be doing some sort of needs analysis or audit uh, where they try to understand where their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats might be related to diversity and inclusion, um, thinking toward diversity and inclusion as strategic goals and trying to align practices and policies throughout the organization with those goals in mind. Um, that's a long-term approach, um, and I think it's one that organizations can and should undertake. Um, the individual employee, that's a harder sort of um perspective, uh, there are certainly many things that people can do to themselves to advocate for themselves or others. I know, uh, Katina, you and others have done some really awesome research on being allies. Um, and I think that that's a really important um, set of individual actions that can be taken. Um, trying to create change as an individual would be difficult. And so um, beyond one's own individual actions. Uh, so probably forming some sort of coalition or group to um, 
engage in conversation at a higher level of the organization uh, might be um, an important step uh, for to allow individuals to help facilitate organizational change. Yeah, I like all of those tips. And I think uh, it's always our goal, right, to continue uh, engaging in research that can further answer those questions. Um, and hopefully by way of being more aware of and having these things on our radar as researchers and practitioners by your focus um, on DNI at the PSYOP level uh, will help people to think of even more interesting uh, sort of ways that they might enact uh, research uh, and also practices in workplaces so that people can get a more comprehensive view of um, the response to, you know, what do I do uh, when people have these kinds of questions? So um, I'm excited to see what it, what it turns out. Um, And uh, with that, is there anything else that you uh, would like our listeners to know about this upcoming year for PSYOP or your work or anything else that uh, you hope for kind of the future of DNI in general? Um, sure. So I, I think what I would want to say is that uh, when we look around at the news in the United States and elsewhere, there's a lot to be concerned about um, with regard to equity and, and inclusion. Um and I think it's important that we pay attention. Uh, and so our organizations are a reflection of the world we live in. And so we need to make sure that our organizations are the examples that we want to um, up, uphold, and including SIAP, including our educational institutions, including the for-profit organizations in which we work. Um, so I guess that's sort of the broader you know, 30,000 foot view is um, the world that we live in is one where we need to be having these conversations everywhere. And so um, starting it at SIOP is important to me. I would also put a plug in for uh, this year's, uh, well, 2020 conference um, theme track, which will be on inclusion. And Katina, I know you're on that committee. Thank you for your <laughs> doing that. Yeah, um, it's fun. Yeah, and I'm excited to see it's a whole day of programming at the conference uh, related to inclusion. So I think there'll be some great conversations there that I hope will um, be reflected in the future as well. Yeah, it'll be good. We're working hard on putting some good stuff together and it, it'll be good. Um, I'm I'm excited about it too. I'm like, oh, I'm happy I get to go to all these sessions. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so one final fun question before we let you go. What is a hobby or interest that you have that people might be surprised about? Um, I don't think I, um, I, I'm a jogger, a runner. I, it's hard for me to like actually claim that. I enjoy running and jogging. Um, I never, I, I run races. I do not win races, let's be clear. Um, but I do <laughs> like to run them. And I don't know that um, I would have guessed that about myself, you know, 15 years ago. So there I am. I'm a runner. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that's a, that's a that goes good, along healthy. with our yeah, theme of wellness. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for uh, speaking with us, Eden. We're so lucky that you took the time out to talk with us. And I know our listeners are going to find what you have to say really valuable. So uh, just thank you for being here. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in our field uh, through PSYOP and through your research. Uh, we're a better field and profession because of you. So thank you so wow, much. Wow, you just made my day. Thank you. <laughs> And for all of our listeners, we'll include information about Eden below in the show notes so you can kind of see what research she's doing and follow along with her career. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for Eden for joining us today on our podcast. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at EdenBKing1. And we'll also put her link to her website in the 
the show notes. Um, and if you need to reach out to us, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your feedback. You can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on social media at workerbeing. Thanks. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.